This is a show about facing fear, unlocking courage, and taking action. Courage isn't necessarily a daunting thing. It's going to give you more purpose. It's going to give you more drive. It feels like making a courageous decision is going to get you closer to who you aspire to be. It's knowledge plus faith plus action equals courage. We don't get from A to Z that quickly. So what happens from B to X? This goes for anything in life, from relationship to relationship, from job to job. Those in-between moments are seasons of your life that should not be disregarded. All right, this is like two podcast hosts walk into a bar episode. I mean, <laughs> this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be fun, Matt. And, and I I'm like grateful to like connect with you. I love how you we I love how you introduced yourself, by the way, to our team. And I'll say like, oh, this guy understands. He gets it. Like, because it's not just marketing. It's it's like that's really who you are. Like I like it was very clear to see like. This isn't just bullshit. Like Matt is Matt on Tuesday, on Saturday, on Thursday, on Wednesday. And uh, so I appreciated just the way you went about letting us know, you know, you're doing your thing in the world too. And, I appreciate uh, it. And, and so, yeah. And by the way, like maybe just to, cause you do this all the time too, or, you know, the, the role of a podcast guest is very different than the podcast host like my job in some ways is to stay out of the way and be the the bowling bumpers and let you tell your story so I'd, maybe i can just kind of hand the mic over to you and you can do cliff notes version of like how did you happen what's your story oh a hundred percent if that's if that's what you want i'm all for that a hundred percent all right so and i'm assuming you're still in new york Born and raised, absolutely. Can't see myself leaving, although I would like to get to a point where I'm snowbirding and hopefully not when I'm in my 60s. So uh, we're, we're getting there. All right. So give me the, just like pull the, the, if we pulled the mat string, what's, what's the answer? What's like the one minute, how you describe yourself? A born and raised New Yorker who inevitably caught the hustler spirit, although that hustler spirit isn't necessarily what people may think it is. It has now transitioned into a hustling inward journey if that makes any sense versus hustling outward i mean one of the big things i wanted to talk to you about was is hustle culture because it's like yeah. you know great storytelling and great marketing is when you're not there to defend an idea it can sing on its own and it and it's like that and for a long time hustle right like you heard it you sure. it was it you wanted it and now you hear hustle and you feel like you're hustled you're like you're getting mm -hmm. hustled by somebody and uh, and to, so i like what you said on you know this i'm not surprised that you've sat with this idea and found a way to intentionally be like wait a minute there's got to be a different way there's a truth here how do i spin this and spin is even a bad word so how do i twist this in a way that it's still real so like when you say hustle on the inside what does that mean more so with turning inward, right? And I think for years, for me, it was outside of me. Everything was outside of me. My worth was outside of me. Mm. So when I say hustling inward, it's like now I'm in a pursuit. So when I say hustle, I very much so align that with pursuit. I'm in a pursuit of turning inward and trying to, and granted, it doesn't necessarily happen, happen rapidly, but trying to get to my core essence, because the more I unlock who I am at my core, 
the more the things around me evolve, whether it be business, relationships, podcasts, this, that, the other conversations like this, et cetera. I wonder if like it's part of the human, just the aging process. Like mm. when you're 23, when you're 16, you know, when you're 12, the shit you're looking at isn't the stuff I'm looking at now I'm in my 40s. I'd like to think I'm still somewhat cool, but I also acknowledge the reality <laughs> that I'm not that cool, right? Like, I just don't know. It's just not, it's just, I just don't, I don't have that much disposable time. But back then when I didn't have any disposable income and I had mm. disposable time, you know, MTV was cool. It was that outside, right, hustle. I had no idea. I was empty on the inside. I didn't yeah. know. It wasn't like I was an asshole or I was cold. I just didn't. I wasn't in touch with who I really was. It was more like, oh, this is the stuff I think I want. I want that. I want that. I want that. I want that. And Absolutely. now, now it's like, oh shit. Like, you know, when I wrote my book, that was sort of like the first punch to the nose. I was like, oh, like, if you're going to go tell the world about courage, you better have clarity in who you are and what you're about. And then go emote that into the universe and find your little sliver of people that think like you to challenge you right so I, i'm assuming that's what this where you're at as well oh 100 and you know I, I think courage is such a brilliant word in regard to talking about getting in touch with that inside part of you right like you had mentioned like you know you weren't in tune with it well i mean that's because that's what we're taught right for for years upon years and dude it it hit me like a ton of bricks and I don't want anyone else to experience that, especially men, because we're, we're the ones programmed to experience it that way. But you need to have courage to really get in tune with that. I'll give you an example. The other day I was at the park. Uh, I didn't want to go to the gym this morning. I said, you know, and this was two weeks ago, maybe three at this point. I said, I didn't want to go to the gym this morning. I wanted to go to the park. Just, you know, give my body a little bit of a break, but still get in some active movement. And I pull up to the park. Long story short, I see a crowd of people and I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And I notice a couple people there. You know, my dogs play with their dogs. So I walk over and I see a dog dead. Oof. And I'm like, holy shit. And this is why this comes full circle, because in that moment, dude, I'm an emotional guy. But for so long, I was so disconnected to that. It takes courage to reconnect to that or, or courage to even explore that. Right. So in that moment, I allowed myself in public to cry in front of women, one very attractive woman. Hopefully she listens to this. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm saying to myself, like, you know what? I don't care what these people think about me. This is who I am. Like, I need to stay true to myself. So that process takes courage, man. I'm curious, though, what, what was it for you? If you don't mind me asking you this, what was it for you that allowed you to reconnect to what was inside? Yeah. So this is why I love that you're on the show, because it's a conversation not an interview and so always exactly. always fire away with with questions like that look i think for starters the best thing about how i happened was also one of the things that scared me the most which is you know i i, I came up in the world of advertising like i came up in the world of auditing others um i remember once i took a class like a landmark class i don't know if that's in new york or not but like landmark really taught me like do you think you pick your job or does your job pick you I'm the is that a personal development workshop yeah it's a, it is in new york i've yeah. heard of it before yep so 
I have an older brother who's four and a half years older and I'm I'm the younger brother. And like I've just I remember being at the dinner table and watching my dad blow up at my brother for like some movie made. Now it wasn't ever like there was no, it wasn't violent, but it was loud, you know? And right. I'm like, oh oh shit. Like, don't go, don't, don't do that. Right. As an observationalist, don't do that. As an observationalist, don't sneak out that door, sneak out that window. Right. Like, <laughs> right. And then life goes on and you're, 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 the muscle you're building is to observe others, hear what's not said. And so you're constantly separating yourself. Mm. So you're constantly looking at others. How is this person built? How are they wired? You know, I always say in the ad business, you have to be unemotional about getting to emotional ideas before you put them in play. So imagine that have like you're building that muscle with everything you're doing. And then you go on the journey yourself and everything I thought was success. We were about 80 people as a company. And I, I was now not a creative. I was a manager. I was like, I miss creating. Mm -hmm. And I just, the thing I thought I wanted, which was the identity and this, all the stuff you thought you'd want. Sure. I was like, oh, actually, I'm writing a book about courage. Am I really being courageous myself? Mm. And so that was the joke. Is the joke was on me. I thought I was writing the book to position my last business. And everything I learned along the way further validated that it was time for me to leave. And in every way, shape, or form, like, had two partners we weren't aligned on anything like values from a value standpoint. We were, we weren't aligned what they wanted versus what I wanted outside of, we all wanted to make money. Mm. Okay. Outside of that, like just not aligned even on the logic of the way we go about doing our work. So I just stopped lying to myself. Like it started there. Like I knew who I was. I wasn't like broken, but I was suppressing who I, who I really wanted to be. And I think the book writing process became therapy for me. And the more I wrote, the more I understood what was important to me. And then when you put that out there and you're looking at it, you're like, how can I, I know this matters so I can even live a lie or I could try to design my life where I'm really saying what I believe. And by the way, like, it's so funny is in the spirit of keeping it real with you, you know, you write notes to get ready for interviews or conversations. And one of the things I wrote down was we both get paid to tell the truth. Like I get paid to tell the truth to like, to keep it real. Like that's the most joy I, I now have. And I don't think I fully had it in my last life because you know, you're, you're worried about upsetting a client or you don't want to, you gotta have a, you gotta always present a safe idea in there just to make sure you don't freak the client out. Even though right. I know that idea is not going to work. So this is a long winded answer to your question, but like, what I love most about your stuff and the way you write, and I don't know if you're just like, you threw your hands up at one moment, but what I like most is that you, you stay true to who you are and you keep it real. And um, I'm curious, does, it, does that work for you, by the way? Like, has that, like, has that brought success, staying real and being true? Well, I think staying real and staying true is a work in progress all the time, right? Because the more I progress through life, the more I discover who I am. So, you know, it's funny. I, I look back and I'm sure you could do the same when you look back on your life. A part of me is embarrassed to an extent of what I put out five years ago. 
you know um and i think that's just the part of growth you're like who the hell was i you know and it's cool to look back and be like you know what i've changed i developed so i think staying real and and staying true and being as authentic as possible I will say, you know, at certain points, I think I was utilizing vulnerability because I was programmed to believe vulnerability and culture would give some sort of points, especially to men. But ultimately, it has allowed people to connect on a different level. You know, like, I don't know if you and I would be able to connect on a certain level if we didn't both come here raw and vulnerable. Yeah. You know, it definitely allows for that. So it's a beautiful thing. But, you know, it's 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 a process. It's a process of continuously uncovering who you actually are to then meet yourself on the next level of vulnerability, the next level of authenticity, so on and so forth. Well, just to kind of put a pin in that comment, I love the reality of it is in a different life code, a different decade not this decade, right? You and I would have gotten along just fine playing basketball at Tompkins Square Park or wherever it might have mm. been. We would have been, this conversation wouldn't happen. You would have wanted to keep the court. I would have wanted to keep the court. <laughs> There'd be a lot of elbows, probably yeah. a lot of butt, no fouls called. But like we would have still, that that version of us are, are still real. Not that that's the content you were putting out five years ago, right? right. But that, that comment about being embarrassed about it, I fully get and we change and we evolve that's why I don't, I don't go back and listen to podcast episode two i'm terrified to even take a listen to that <laughs> right? but, but i'll tell you i'll tell you something funny you know i have um for some reason on my phone i have an i have an iphone the first few episodes of the podcast they're in my my apple music so sometimes i'm in the gym and i'm you know i'm i'm, I'm hitting the high i'm like oh this is a good song i'm pumping i'm doing what i got to do Next song comes on, it's like the first episode. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like a total <laughs> mood change. So I get what you're saying. So when you think about your show and you think about the guests you have and props to you, I think you've been doing the Decoding Success podcast, what, for five years now? December will make five years, man. It's been it's been a hot minute. That's for sure. So like when you think about that ride for you, tell me what you've what you think you've learned both about yourself and, and also about like the audience. I think the number or, all right, let me not say the number one thing, but I'll give you the first thing that comes to mind right away is the importance of embracing seasons of not knowing. Now, what I mean by that is exactly this. The show's premise is to essentially disrupt what society has deemed successful for anyone, right? Society looks like the Rolex, the Lamborghini, the this, the that you know, the the C-suite job, whatever it may be, right? We were programmed to believe success looks like that and we strive, we strive for it. A lot of us get it and that's great. I'm not telling people not to do that, but ultimately, is that how you truly define it? Or is you becoming a lawyer or a doctor or a whatever what your parents wanted you to do? Or, you know, did you want to become a hip hop artist because that's what your friends in elementary school wanted or you thought was cool when you saw someone else doing it? So ultimately... What I'm getting at is this, how someone goes from defining success based off of their conditioning versus how they define it based off of their healing is totally different, but we don't get from A to Z that quickly. So what happens from B to X? Like what happens in that in-between phase? And this doesn't just go for how you define success. This goes for anything in life, right? From relationship to relationship, 
from job to job or business to business or podcast to podcast. Like it could be about anything. The in-between moments need to be fully embraced. Like those in-between moments are seasons of your life that should not be disregarded and or in any way, shape or form looked at less than just because they don't seem like a destination. I think that's been one of the biggest things that I've been taking away from the people that have come on my show and from realizations that I've come to realize. Because if you said, hey, Matt, how do you define success? I can give you some sexy answer, but that might not be what I feel at my core. So if I were to say it truthfully, it'd be like, listen, I'm in a phase of trying to figure that out. You know, and I think that's that's one of the biggest things. And then from a community perspective, I kind of don't want I kind of don't want to leave that thought right now. I kind of want to. Like, OK, let's not. Let's not. You know, like, so. So do you feel like is that your truth right now? Like you're decoding success, the irony, you know? Yeah. I mean, I for me personally, I don't necessarily know what success means for me. Like I could potentially reverse engineer it and tell you the things that I want in my life. Or, you know, for example, I've written my obituary before. And if like I'm really reverse engineering it, like I yeah. can tell you how I want to be remembered. But again, I mean, I did that two years ago. If I read it to you right now, I could literally tell you the woman that I thought I was going to marry isn't the same woman that I'm with today. Yeah. So like things, th things change. And again, that's something that needs to be embraced. But, you know, I think, yeah, I think I know what I want. It's just I don't necessarily know how to put words to it. You know, how would you define success if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I think, again, it's a fair question. And I was thinking while you were talking that we're both in the decoding business. You know, and I think that like I always it's like deconstructing a meal at all at all times and <laughs> where success the idea of success for most people like you said is an outcome it's like at the end of the the roller coaster ride and courage is a journey word it's like something that's needed in the on the way to whatever you deem success might be we're kind of back full circle to the beginning like when you're a kid and media tells you that and or social media now tells you that it's Lamborghinis and jewelry and rap album or whatever it might be for you. It's like, wait a minute, that's not success. You know, success for me is trying to be consistent with my message that the right people find it, that it lights them up too, wherever they are in their journey. And, you know, again, it, it, it is a lesson learned from, my marketing background, which was find the truth. Don't try to be all things to all people. Right. Pick, pick a lane and then find your people. And so I think what success is for me is there's a lot of us that feel a certain way. And it's like, when you hear it for the first time, you're like, yeah, that's how I feel. Yes. That's exactly how I, that's, I, I couldn't put it into words, but that's exactly how I feel. And I'm not saying that I'm the one always putting it into words. It might be a guest that comes on. But success is building that community of curious people. And I've I, I found myself on the business side saying it's really lonely to be the leader. You can say that for mm. that, that. You can say it for, it's primal. It's especially in New York City, early years. It's like as you're trying to make it, it can feel really, really lonely. Now, from the business standpoint, I'm like, it's lonely to be you. And the higher up in an organization you get, sometimes the more lonely you feel. And so if I could build this trusting community of people that want to 
go for it together and be bold. But they're again, why I like your brand versus mine, at least how I interpreted it from the beginning was we're in the middle on the path to what success is. Success might just be like, am I crazy to think X? Is it me or is this <laughs> off? And I think your podcast is that too. It's it's the safe spaces to have those conversations. And being in New York City as a guy is very different than being a, a guy in Kansas City or in, you know, it's another city. New York City is all amplified. And it's not to knock guys from Kansas City, by the way. They've got their own things too. But I can see why you feel the way you feel. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and just to, to piggyback off of that, you know, I, I say this often. When you're born and raised in New York or when you're born and raised in Paris, France, or when you're born and raised in Miami, Florida, it doesn't matter where you're from. There's, you know, there's gifts, there's challenges or, you know, no, no matter where you are. So, but ultimately there is a reason that you, and this could get deep, like your, your soul or your calling or your purpose or whoever you may believe in has placed you in that specific area because that's what you need. Right. Yeah. So that's uh, that that's last... a deep chat. Well, that last part of what you need, you know, if this is just an experiment, right, then, yeah. okay, if you come back as something else, what do you want to come back as? Holy crap. The first thing that came to my mind was a dog, but I just saw a dog <laughs> pass away at 14 years old. And I said, I don't know if I only want another 14 years. I could never be a dog only because I love food too much. Like I cannot eat the same thing every day every out of day. a bowl can't do it i love the unconditional love side and i've always said if one gender had a tail there'd be no wars in the world you would know exactly where you stood it's like oh, her tail's wagging she's into me we're good yeah but um i don't know would you come back okay if you could come back into uh into yourself let's say you go back up there and it's like look you're not going to remember this but you're going to get to come back as matt would you take it or would you take a different body do i start at a baby again sure then I, I would come back as me I, I i would be happy with that i mean i would definitely do things differently especially if i don't know what you know if i don't have the same mindset or the same knowledge or anything uh i would definitely come back as me i, I would i'm i'm confident in that decision uh, okay if i said you at 16 you're gonna throw me into the fire because that's when <laughs> that's when shit started hitting the fan Man, that's a tough question. I mean, at 17, I was arrested. At 17, I lost my dream of playing professional sports. At 17, I got kicked out of high school. So that's one year to like really get some some crap together. It would be a challenge, but I, I mean, I wouldn't change anything in my life now. So for me to say I wouldn't want to come back at 16... I would potentially be lying. I think I would still, I think I would still make that choice. Uh, I would just have to have, you know, some really thick skin and a, you know, a heart <laughs> made of gold. I mean, I really appreciate how real your bio is on your homepage. Yeah, Can I you share that. a little bit about your, cause like you said, you, you come right out. Like I've, I, I've failed so many times. Like I think you said, like I have a PhD in failure. I think I read that. Somewhere. Yeah, so, uh, 
A hundred percent. I mean, we we've all, and this is this is what makes people resonate, right? Like we we've all been knocked down a million and one times. It's a part of life. I think I mentioned that I have a master's degree in in getting knocked down, but a PhD in getting back up. Oh, there it is. Right. Yeah. And I mean, th- this stems all the way to childhood. And this is again, once again, this is how people resonate with you. Like number one, come from a divorced household. My parents didn't meet my emotional needs. They tried their absolute best. I give them credit. I give them kudos. Like I oftentimes forget they're human too. That's number one. Number two, I didn't get accepted into any high schools here in New York. Of course, by law, you are zoned to a public school, but my parents wanted me to go to private because they knew I was a freaking troublemaker. I then got kicked out of two high schools. I then, like I said, got arrested in my senior year of high school. I lost my dream of playing professional baseball when I tore my labrum, went on to tear the labrum in my left shoulder playing basketball. Just madness. I got kicked out of two high schools. I went on to college, failed out, blew my life savings when... I was trying to invest in my ego to make sure that I still maintained a certain image in people's mind when things were shifting in my life. I watched my mother battle cancer. Like the list goes on. I, we all get knocked down a million and one times. I'm not looking for any sympathy by sharing all of this. But the best part was that didn't stop me from achieving anything that I achieved. You know, I was numb to a lot of what I experienced. So it eventually hit me like a two by four in the face saying like, hey, you need to process the emotions that are attached to all of that. But at the end of the day, that was my path. You know, I, I wouldn't change it for anything. How did you find the mic? This mic? Yeah. How'd you find like, how'd you find this space? Like, how'd you find like, oh, I think I like this, this podcast space. Yeah. I was working with Damon John from Shark Tank and I was doing everything I now do for myself for him. I was on a salary, so I was getting paid. It was very nice. All content, all things content. Books. This book right back here on the wall was a New York Times bestseller we put out together. Podcasts, social content, blogs, emails, everything. It was incredible. And I had an intern at the time. His name was also Matt. And he's like, dude, you need to start a podcast. Like getting so happy-go-lucky. And I'm like, when the hell do I have time for a podcast, bro? Like I'm working Monday to Friday. And on Saturdays, I'm in the office doing something totally different, a different project. When do I have the time? And then when I left my job, which I did prematurely, and I say that very transparently, I was like, you know what? I have nothing on my calendar right now except for Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within, a speaking engagement in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm going to start a freaking podcast. And at first, when I had started it, it was very, as mentioned five year, years ago, to an extent, egotistical and whatnot. But after I grew up, after things have developed, that's five years ago, I was 25 years old. After I grew up, after things had developed, I realized this is so therapeutic, you know? And especially when you're a curious individual, just like yourself, I've listened to numerous episodes, when you're a curious individual and you're able to have back and forth banter, I mean, it's also a cheat code, right? Like, you don't have to pay for mentorship. Like you're, you're able to have conversations with people you want to chop it up with. And it's, it's so awesome. And I'm not even mentioning making an impact, right? We get to do that too with this job. Yeah, I, I fully agree. It's like, so let me get this straight. I basically get to go to lunch with people I want to go to lunch with, except there's no bill at the end. Exactly. Exactly. And I get to learn from them and it is, it's, it is uh, a lesson in curiosity I am, you know, since this is the courageous podcast, I got to ask you, you touched on it. So you said you left, you left early, you left the job early. Give me the, 
I mean, let's go there, you know? Yeah. Give me the story. I think looking back on it now, I think there's a couple things. Damon, when I was working with him, he really treated me very well, like very, very well. You know, he would pull me out of work early to go grab dinner. He would invite me places like we we just had a really good time. And it was it was a great bond. It really was. In fact, I sent him a message on Thanksgiving of 2022, a heartfelt message. And I just said, hey, Damon, I have a dad and you used to joke about being my dad, which you're obviously not. But I just want to let you know, like, truly, you're you were like a father figure to me. You are like a father figure to me. And I mean, that was very well received from him. But that was the type of relationship we had. And then after, I don't know, my second second year there, I think it was after year two, you know, we sit down for the yearly review and I get a generous raise. And I said, you know what? I want to make a a proposal for a promotion. You know, like I'm getting the raise. Like I, I want the promotion next. So I put together this proposal. We, you know, a plan in place. Ultimately, the reason I had left prematurely is because I felt like my proposal was neglected and neglect is part of my core wound. My mother neglected me like she never met my emotional needs. I didn't know this at the time. So it was really hard for me to navigate. I was scared of conflict. So instead of reapproaching the president of the company and saying or, or at least nagging him a little bit and being like, hey, man, like, let's sit down, let's sit down, let's sit down. I was super passive. And I'm like, oh, that's his responsibility to come to me. No, it's not. You know, if I want something, I need to go out and get it. But I was so scared of conflict. I thought the best decision for me to make was to quit. And like I said, I did it prematurely. I had no plan in place. I never in a million years would suggest anyone doing that because it puts you on the freaking hot seat. You go from having a a generous salary to what? To, To nothing unless you have a plan. So while it may look like a bold move and it did get me to where I am. So I can't say that I regret it. Would I have, if you put me back in the scenario, would I do it differently? Absolutely. But, um, man, uh, very young Matt, that is for sure. All right. So uh, one, have you and Damon, have you had this chat since then Two, If he listened to the last three minutes, would he find peace or would he roll his eyes? What do you think his response would be? Well, I left on great terms. I'm still very close with the team. Um, you know, give me that first question again, because I want to make sure I'm answering in full. Uh, I was just saying, like, uh, do you feel like you guys have peace? Now, have you spoken yeah. since? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, Damon, Damon actually interviewed me on his show last year. Oh, cool. So that was a pretty cool opportunity. Funny enough, when I was coordinating that, I I was under the impression I was interviewing him. And then when I hopped on his show, I'm like, you know, or when I hopped on the, I think we did this on Instagram. When I had hopped on, I'm like ready to ask him questions because I know a side of him that people that interview him don't know. Like I was, I was in his house. I know his family. Not that I would expose anything, but you know, I would be able to meet him on another level and ask some really deep questions. I'm all pumped and jazz. I'm like, oh, I'm going to make an impact right here. Like he's going to be like, yo, you're a great interviewer. And then he started asking me questions. And I'm like, wait, like I, I literally stopped him. I'm like, I thought I was interviewing you. So we, we definitely have talked. Do I get to talk to him or see him every day? I don't, you know, in fact, um, I, I haven't seen him since, but it was a part of it. A part of that job was having that mentorship. And I guess I was actually getting paid for him to be my mentor. And he would argue and say that, you know, there was mentor uh, mentorship given back a symbiotic relationship. That That's what it is. 
And he did hear me say this to him when I was actually being interviewed. I told him, I said, listen, man, you know, like I felt like I left prematurely. You know, I gave him the rundown. I, I told him, and this was on his Instagram account. So God knows how many people heard it or saw it. But yeah, he, he got all of that from me. He got it all out of me. So let's say there's a podium and there's a gold medal, a silver medal, and a bronze medal of what you're best at. What are you best at? What takes the gold? I'm talking from a business standpoint. So okay. like, is, you know, what's the gold medal? What's the, like, are you, do you think, you know, I'll give you a couple things to contemplate as you're processing your answer. Yeah. Like, like, is it, you know, I am, I think my gold medal is, uh, this is me being you personal branding or being a podcast, asking the greatest questions, the podcast host or, mm. uh, marketing, like understanding every tool in the toolkit, which most people get wrong. What would be your gold? What's your silver and what's your bronze? I'm going to wing this here. I'm going gold communication, silver community, bronze. Fuck, this is going to be tough. Bronze would be, ah, I lost it. I was going to say something along the lines of personal branding because you mentioned that. But to break that down a little further, I say communication. And I think this is something that isn't necessarily thought of when it comes to communication, but a big aspect of communication isn't what I'm doing right now. It's actually what you're doing, right? Active listening versus regular listening, you know, or let me backtrack. Active listening is listening to understand versus reactive listening is listening to respond. Like when we're able to just listen to understand, we can respond on a whole other level. And that allows us to communicate way more effectively. I think just from doing what you and I do as podcasters, that has allowed me to develop that communication skill. And I'm not talking about the vocabulary I use or the tonality of my voice, which obviously enhances things, but it's more so about what we do when we're not the ones actually speaking. So I think that's the gold. The silver in regards to community ties into the gold tremendously because without being someone that communicates effectively, how are we able to create a community that's beneficial to the members of said community? We need to understand what they need. And as creators in this space, as a podcast host or on social or whatever you may be, even in business, you need to know what your customer wants, right? People that listen to this podcast, they're customers. It's free but they're customers. And then, you know, I threw in personal branding there because I think that ultimately ties it all in. Those two aspects of community and communication are very much so aligned with personal branding. And I like to say this, when it comes down to personal branding, I, it's actually not mine. It's from the world's most famous doctor. He said, there's no one in the world you were than you. So to be great at personal branding, all you have to do is be you. That was said by Dr. Seuss, actually. Let's say, isn't that Dr. Seuss? Yeah. That's Dr. Seuss, you know? And we, you and myself, are us on purpose. So yeah. when we're able to own who we truly are, I mean, we're golden. Yeah, but we keep trying to look at other people and be like, am I that? Am I this? Am I that? And yeah. I think it's okay to, I think, I think there's, well, I'll call it mosaic building. You know, it's okay to be like, you know, that Damon moment. Like, I'm a little bit of that. I like that. I want to be a little bit more of that. Yeah. And you know, my brother, I might be a little bit of that. But, like, we keep looking in all the wrong places to figure out who the hell we are. And of everything you said, the, the only thing I'm not, so, like, I don't buy, and it's me. It's not, it's, not, it's not what you said. 
I, I don't look at people that are listening to this show as customers. I, that's the only thing I disagree with. I, I think that like everyone's, I don't care if you're like trying to figure out what your next job should be to, you want to, to come out, you know, whatever it might be, you're, or you wish you were a dog in your next life. Like all good here, <laughs> I, I, all fair here. I, I, I want curious people. I mean, I will say, and I, I understand why, what you mean. I want to build community. I want to mm. build, you're not alone. It's hard out there. Exhibit A, and I'm pointing at Matt, you know, like your story is a lot of our stories. Some people never step back and look at their story because they're so exhausted and they just spin and they spin and they spin and they, and they, they, get, they get stuck in the, you know, it's like rat race plus Maslow equals exhausting versus, okay, one plus one equals three, the great multiplier, you and me talking, the collision of your ideas and my ideas and what comes out of that, could that bring peace to somebody, the, the tennis volley that's going on here of words? Maybe it's something that you said that like fully resonates with like, you know what, I thought I was going to be a pro athlete and then my injury knocked me off that path. Now what? Right. Every single one of us, if your name is not Kim Kardashian, has probably said, now what? At some moment. Maybe she said it too. But like, now what? She probably did before the movie. So, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so now what? Now what? Now what? You know, it's like, start with now. Start yeah. with, like, start with now. And so I really appreciate you early in the episode saying, I'm not totally sold. I know what success is for me. And I, I think that the secret to success is it's not necessarily knowing that success is concrete and it might change, but it's having enough clarity to know that you want to be successful and you're willing to talk about it. And as the target moves a little bit, mm. which it will, some days it might be money, no money, no time to podcast. Right. Right. Some, some days it might be companionship, right? Some days it might be, you know, a great three point shot again. I mean, good old days. <laughs> So I, I'm just grateful that we had a chance to jam for a little bit. And I, I just see this perfect sort of, you can't get to success without having the courage to go on the journey. And, oh, you're, 100%. and you're working backwards, like, Hey, success. No, let's decode the success. Let's go from right to left back a little bit. And somewhere in between is where both of our universes live. So really appreciate you coming on the show. Hey, I want to kind of, I, I said, I was going to hand it to you. I, how do you want to end? Like, what do you want to, what do you want to leave people with? I want to leave people with, and I didn't come up with this, but I think it's important to share. You know, we talk about you and I, I mean, we both shared it in this episode, you know, the the moments in life that have shifted us. And are you familiar with John Gordon by any chance? Incredible, incredible author. I mean, he speaks all over the world, um, does a lot of speaking actually with uh, collegiate universities in regards to their their sporting programs. And he wrote something that I, it's almost like it's tattooed on my heart. And what he wrote was an equation. The equation is E plus P equals O. Now, I'm just going to be transparent. I absolutely sucked at math. I only passed math in college because I had a calculator on my iPhone that did everything it needed to do. But uh, this has no numbers involved. Like once numbers and letters were in math together, I was like, I What's was going done. On here? What's going I was on done. Here? That was it. <laughs> no, but it stands for E plus P equals O. And that stands for events plus perspective equals the outcome. And 
We don't get to control every single event that takes place in our life. We don't get to choose, maybe our souls do, but we don't get to choose our parents and how they treat us. We don't get to choose, you know, what happens with our relationship. We don't get to choose. We ne we negotiate with life all the time, but we don't get to control every event. What we do get to control is how we perceive them. And I'm not saying if you're going through a breakup today and you're listening to this episode, like, be so happy, like, yeah, break up. Like, no, that's not what I'm getting at because that's very not human-like. But six weeks, six months, six years, 60 years down the line, how do you perceive that event? And it's the perception of said events that truly determine the outcome. I think that's a a really solid way to end that off because we talked about a lot today. So I love it. E plus P equals O events plus perspective equals outcomes. So something that's can't be controlled necessarily. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Something I can control and you blend those two worlds and that's where the outcome lives. Nailed it. It's funny. I have, you know, I've got all sorts of crazy things on my wall over here. And one of the things I have, is what is the path to realization? Mm -hmm. And and I guess this is where we're all in. So my equation is, and I, I don't say it like this, but I might now, is V plus S equals R. What and is it, that? I got to write this down. Okay, so V plus S equals R. V is visualization. S is speculation equals realization. And I've been in relationships in the past where there's been all visualization and no speculation. And to me, that's a dream. <laughs> it's like, mm. that's not real. We're going to be successful. We're going to be successful. Okay. Where are the speed bumps? And then speculation with no visualization. It's always raining is a nightmare. Speculation. Mm. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. Watch out for this speed bump, speed bump, speed bump. No. So speculation, no visualization equals nightmare. So, Visualization, no speculation, dream, speculation, no visualization, nightmare. But visualization plus speculation is realization. By the way, there's one more, which is no visualization and no speculation is your sleep. Hmm. That's not a good place. To, that's not living. Right. I, would not, I would not choose my body again if I have no visualization and no speculation. So sometimes a little bit of both or one versus the other is better than that. So to me, as you think about like how to be alive, then it's visualization plus speculation equals realization. V plus S equals R. There you go. You got a new equation. I do. This, <laughs> I, 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 uh, so I will thank you for letting me kind of rant on that, Matt. And oh, I appreciate it. Let's stay in touch, my man. And, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Keep, keep me apprised also as you come up with new aha moments. I'd love to hear them. Happy to share them on the show too, or if I have a newsletter that goes out, just keep, keep staying curious and I'll do the same and we'll stay in touch. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Courageous Podcast. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so more people can find us. See you again next week.